This is the Mouthpiece Podcast. It's me, Ezra. I'm not going to say my last name anymore. I was listening to it and I'm like, why yeah, am I saying I that? I don't know why you kept saying last names. I don't know. Is that wrong? Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird? Yeah, like no one really says their full name on a podcast. Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, but it's Joe Rogan. You're not Joe Rogan. And I'm not Joe Rogan. <laughs> the picture say you did not like the dead air. <laughs> okay, so this is Ezra, last name to be left out, and Jade. What up? <laughs> We're here, off running, ready to go and get this podcast out. Now we go. We came from a controversial week. We did. We came from a controversial week of fighting. And we're going to come into more of a norm this week, right? More into what we used to. Define norm. Well, norm is a classic UFC card and a classic boxing card. So it's a, the norm is what I would say. And it's actually only two fights, two cards this week. I thought you said it was a UFC heavy week. Well, I'm saying because the UFC card's like the main card that we're going to talk about. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. So... Us leading to that. Let's jump right in to the biggest fight of the weekend. That is Kamora Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Do you have stats? <laughs> yes. Who are we starting off with? So Usman. Usman. He is 33. Uh, it says he's Nigerian-American. Mm-hmm. He's six feet tall, 170 pounds, welterweight. He is, uh, his reach is 76. Style is wrestling. He's from, oh no, he's fighting out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. And let's see, I'm trying to think of any other stuff. Oh, he has a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. He has uh, 18 wins. Eight knockouts and one loss. And that's all I got. And the next one would be Jorge Masvidal. Um, And just if I could say that uh, I've been to Fort Lauderdale. and Is that where you went out of the cruise to? Yeah. I'm going to say this and I apologize if you're listening to Fort Lauderdale. Not a fan. Most people aren't a fan of Florida unless it's like Miami. I've been to Miami too. I've seen it. You drove through it on a cruise to get to a cruise. So I've been to Miami. And you it loved it. It was pretty fun. But. It was all right. A lot yeah. of sand. You just drove by the but beach. But I just like, okay, like beach cities, right? I think LA does it best. But oh, God. Just can I like say. the dirtiest beach ever. But can I say, beach cities, the biggest problem with have, you never feel clean. You always feel like, you know when you get home from the beach and you're like, oh, there's sand in my crack. Right? You know what I'm saying? That's what you feel like. That's what the whole town feels like. It feels like sand's in your crack. And like you could never get rid of it. Shave the hair. That's not supposed to be on this podcast. <laughs> but that's what I'm then saying. It's wouldn't. just. No, it's we're here. No, it's in there. It's going on. I hope my family listens to this. They won't. <laughs> no, no one does. They don't. No one does. It's literally like your three friends and my one coworker. Hey, thanks, thanks for the follow. Thanks for the listen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I think about Fort Lauderdale. Okay, I got some stats here. If you hear some thrashing again, it's our third 
<laughs> All right, on cue. That's our third uh, co-host, Atticus. So, for, how do you say it? Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal. Uh, he is 36. Nickname is... Oh, BM, game, game BMF. Bread. Oh, no, his nickname is Game Bread. Yeah, I, I he, see Game Bread, but I also see... He's the BMF uh, Yeah, I know, champ. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. It just made me laugh. Anyways, he's American from Miami, 5'11", 170. His reach is 76. His style is boxing and kickboxing. He's orthodox. Fighting out of Miami. Oh, yeah, I said that. <laughs> Oops. He has a total of... 49 fights, 35 of, of which are wins, mm-hmm. 14 losses, and 16 knockouts. So this is a rematch um, in a fight that Jorge Masvidal took on short notice uh, before. Um, I think the you know, I think that he did was training, though, before that fight, but wasn't necessarily sure he was going to fight, so he probably wasn't the same motivation that he had, you know, going into this fight, right? Um. Jorge Masvidal is a guy that broke out into a star later in it, late, uh, later in his career, right? Um, he was always kind of like a win some, lose some fighter, but you, you knew he was talented, and it just had never got on a consistent role. And then it finally did, right? And it got on a consistent role with some really flashy knockouts, right? It got it, it turned into something special. Um, but the problem with that, right, is was that just a highlight? Point. Was that just a high point in his career, but was it not the consistent point of his career? Like, if we go back and look at Jorge Masvidal, are we going to say, are we going to use that high point to say that's who he was, or was he who he was in all the other fights that we saw? When you watch Jorge Masvidal, he's very, he, he's very skilled. Like you can see the things he does in there, but you can see the mistakes that of why he had lost was a win some lose some fighter. Right, he does give up space in the cage. He does put his back to the cage. He does uh, overstep his shots at times. So when you say gives up space to the cage, what does that mean? So, like when they have, like, say, when they're judging a fight, right? And when you're in a fight in a ring or in a cage, there's a ring generalship or cage control, and it's uh, you're putting yourself in a constant position that either where you're uh, the safest defensively. Or in the in the best spot offensively, and sometimes he loses himself, and he will take himself out of the best place defensively, and the best place for him offensively, and he'll be put his back, he, like he'll lean his back against the fence, right, and he'll allow a guy, he'll allow a guy to put him against the fence, keep him against the fence. He will uh, get taken to the ground. He will overstep his shots. Like he, he just has lapse in his judgment uh, of his cage control, um, and with the guy like Usman. Who is just cap- knows how to capitalize? He's so good, so dedicated to his craft, getting better. He's capitalized on those mistakes. He cannot have those mistakes against Usman. Mm. And now that Masvidal has a full camp, and it, when I first, I like if you go back and look at a podcast I did after the the first time these guys fought, I said Masvidal would beat him in a rematch. But the, after I looked at it again, I looked at the match that they had. I looked at all the other fights. It just makes sense that he lost because it wasn't like. He didn't have Usman in the position that he wanted. It wasn't like they didn't stand up and stay, uh, you know, striking. They did stay there. And still, Usman was never truly hurt. He was never really put in a threat. 
he was allowed he was still able to put uh Masvidal where he wants him in the in on the in the cage and I think he's going to be able to do that. Remember, you got to remember, Damian Maya put Masvidal where he wants him against the cage. He held him against the cage the whole time. There have been plenty of fights like that. So to say that this fight's going to be different, I just don't see it, especially because Usman is probably better. And then you just said something that I didn't even really think about when I was looking at this fight. Jorge Masvidal's 36 years old. Mm-hmm. He's getting older. He's not getting better. He's getting older. And Usman is 33 years old. He's right there at the peak of it. He is right there where he's going to probably be his best. Now, does Usman not make does Usman does Usman make mistakes? Yes, not many, but he does have a mistake. He has a major one. He puts his head down at points where he's flurring with shots, even exchanging. And this is why uh, Gilbert Burns lit him up a few times and, and had him hurt. Now, other than that, mistakes wise, he's getting better. Like his stand up is better. I think in this fight, there's going to be a point where he's better stand up than Hori Masvidal. Now, the problem is that Usman is so smart, he's going to take what you give him. So he's going to put Masvidal against the fence. He's going to hold him there. He's going to bring him down to the ground. Now, I'm ho- hoping that Usman is, has the control that he's been having, and he doesn't get too excited to put a beating on Masvidal and open, and open himself up to a big shot that Masvidal could definitely land. I just expect it to be a similar fight than one we already had. And I just expect it because Jorge Masvidal was He's not just the high point of his career. He was who he was in all the points of his career. He got the right opponents in the right streak at the right time. But I think uh, Usman's a guy that's always going to give him problems because he's a guy that has multiple uh, multiple ways to fight, and that leads to uh, being able to find multiple weaknesses or able to find the one weakness you're offering, right? And maybe the other guys at Masvidal, they had a stand with him. They couldn't capitalize on one uh, mistake he has or put him against a fence like that because they didn't have that skill. Well, Usman has every skill. So if you can't stand, Usman will stand with you. If you can't grapple, Usman will grapple with you. If you can't fight against a fence, Usman will put you against a fence. He can do all those things. And that's what he's going to do against Jorge. He's going to put him against a fence. And he's going to punish him. And it's it, maybe it'll be a fun, competitive fight, but I expect Usman to win a decision pretty clearly. Hmm. Anything to add? No, I've heard that name come up a lot, so I'm interested to see. I don't think I've seen he hasn't fought, right? U, uh, um, Usman, we we I think we did see Usman fight. He fought uh, Gilbert Burns. Um, I think if you see him, you'll know who, who oh, he is when you okay. see him. But yeah, and he's he is his first of all his track workers he's amazing he's an amazing fighter he's beaten some of the best fighters he has one of the best resumes right now of a fighters today he has one of the best resumes mm. if not the best you know of fighters current like there's john jones uh john jones and him really um and maybe he's izzy behind them of like resumes but um uh, but yeah it's excellent fighter and um, it's gonna be great. It's it's a good it's a great matchup. The matchup makes sense, but I just don't expect it to go any different. Uh, and let's see. Uh, Usman is says he's coming towards you know the end of his career. A lot of guys say that. Uh, we'll see. And this will this be? I'm curious. Will this be Jorge Masvidal's last title shot if he loses? Let's go to the next fight. We got Zhang Weili versus Rose Namajunas. So Zhang Z H A N G. Z-H. A-N-G. Whaley. Oh. Okay. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So, Whaley, he's from China. She. What? She. She? Yeah, she. They're two girl fighters. Oh, sorry. Uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
from China. She's 31. Magnum is her nickname. 5'4", 115 pounds. Her reach is 63. She's fighting out of Beijing. A purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And 21 wins, 10 knockouts, and 1 loss. Her next opponent is Rose Namajunas. If you look at like her opponent list right there, it should be on there already. Rose. Oh, there she is. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I don't know. We had some women fighting this weekend. Two women fights on really? this one. Really? Two good ones, oh, too. That's cool. I'm excited. So for Rose, she is 28, fighting out of Milwaukee. Or she's from Milwaukee, sorry. Nickname is Thug Rose. 5'5", 115 pounds. Her reach is 63. She's fighting out of Denver, Colorado. She has a total of nine wins, one knockout, and four losses. This right here is... uh, Was Rose Namajunas the best 115-pounder? And would she be currently the best 115-pounder if it weren't for... No, I don't want to say fluke, but if it weren't for... uh, you know, a, a a a slip up of her mind, right? A big slip up, right? On her mind of holding onto an arm too long and getting slammed on her head, right? If that doesn't happen, she was clearly on her way to win that fight against Andrade, right? Would she ever have given up the belt? I don't know if she would have. I think Rose Namajunas is the best 115 pounder. I think that her skill wise, she's best skill wise. Like skill wise and ability wise, she's the best. Now, Zhang Weili is a very good fighter. Had the fight of the year last year. Has can can do everything, right? But she is not as skilled as Rose Namajunas. And I think that when we watch this fight, that's gonna look clear. But when it comes to fighting, right, you can't just go off of, oh, this person's more skilled than this person, they're gonna win. It doesn't work that way, right? What fighting is is fighting what you're best at and applying it to your best ability on someone else, and then applying what they're best at to you on their and what will prevail. Zhang Weili is very skillful. She can fight. She can do all those things, right? She is just not as skillful as Rose. But what she is is more than skillful, more than Rose is she hits harder. She's more durable, and she is solid in that cage. So will her physical ability, right, be better than the skill, uh, the mental, and everything Rose brings into the cage, right? Can Rose go five rounds schooling uh, Zhang, right? Can she stay disciplined and school her for five rounds? Or will Zhang Weili punch her way through it, kick her way through it, and let her shots start adding up? And and at one point, will she catch Rose in between a combination? Because when Rose fought and dry, she stood there a little too long sometimes. she get a little too confident. And will she, Rose be able to survive that? This is going to be a, a, a really, a, to me, if I'm scouting this fight, to me, it's a it's a going to be a battle of Rose's will and her chin. Can it hold up? Because I think Rose will be winning on the scorecards, but I think that she'll be at points of survival in this fight. I think this fight has the is the best fight on the card. I think it's the best fight on the card. It's the it's the most interesting matchup. It's Zhang Weili who is skilled with power versus Rose with all the skill in the weight class and all the ability. And I expect a good, solid stand up fight 
And I wouldn't be surprised if Zhang does try to get it to the ground once in a while to to negate uh, Rose's leg movement because Rose can move in the cage. She can move. She can punch. She is so composed. Uh, she's can throw combinations of shots. She's so balanced. She does a lot of things in there. It's just beautiful, right? But Zhang is steady. She's strong, and she can punch through anything. And if she hits you on the arms, you're going to feel it. It's the best matchup. I expect Rose to pull away with this fight, but I expect it to be at points of just, you know, it's just going to take pure heart for her to pull this through. But I think she'll get the decision here. The counter on this is that Zhang just lands a big shot and ends the night, right? With a straight right hand, with a heavy kick. She has all the she has all these weapons that are thing. Now, is it as fast as Rose? No. Is it as smooth as Rose? No. Right? But she can get it there. Will she get it there? And will Rose be able to survive it? That's really what this is. This is a question of willpower for Rose. And it's a question of what what is Zeng bringing? And if she lands on it, can she get the finish? Let's go to the... Interesting. Very interesting. So who do you have to win? I have Rose winning. Yeah. But like I said, she will have to survive points of this fight. Because... I've never seen Zhang really hurt. Even in the fight where she was at war, right? In the last fight where she, she was in a complete war with John Jencic. She wasn't like at the point where I was like, oh, she's going to get stopped, right? It was never at that point. And she got, they were landing big shots. I don't know if Rose brings the kind of power to stop her, right? But she will be there to be hit. So she, she is going to land. Yeah. But I think the point of someone getting hurt is going to be Rose. Can Rose survive the, the shots that she, those big shots? Got it. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a great fight. Uh, let's go to the next female fight we have on the thing. And that is Valentina Shevchenko versus Dress Jessica Andrade. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, just <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, so Shevchenko is the best 125-pound uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Okay. Um, she's the best 125-pound uh, woman fighter. And she's really, if Nunez has some kind of super fight waiting for her, the the her, Valentina's only super fight really is Nunez, and Nunez's only super fight is Valentina. If they, that happens again, it would be the third time that fight happens. Nunez is up 2-0 on her, so I understand that maybe they're not too eager to make that fight, right? But this is like, uh, this is still a point where Nunez is kind of playing with her food, and Valentina is kind of playing with their food at this point, because there's not really anyone that, Really, we consider a credible threat to them. But do you have a Shevchenko? Oh, yeah, I do. She is 33, born in Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, Bullet is her nickname. She currently is fighting out of Las Vegas. She is 5'5", weighs 125 pounds. Her reach is 66 and a half. Her style is Muay Thai and Taekwondo, Southpaw. She is, oh, she's got some interesting stats here. She has a second Dan Black Belt of Master of Sports in Taekwondo, Master of Sports in Muay Thai, Master of Sports in Boxing, Kickboxing, Black Belt in... Judo? <laughs> is that how you say it? Mm, judo. Judo? What's that? Judo is like the uh, art of like throwing, right, for a takedown. So they have like mm. two guys and a gi. 
and then they will uh, get like in a grapple position. And it's mm-hmm. all about like taking someone's leverage and taking them to the ground. Oh, okay. But so they're just using their arms? Yeah, it's like arms and legs like to trip. Like they could mm-hmm. trip with it too. But it's a, like, yeah, it's a, there's no like. Uh, striking? There's no striking at all. It's all grappling. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay. So she has two boxing fights, which both she won kickboxing. 57 wins, two losses, MMA record. She has 25 or 20 wins, three losses, and six knockouts. That's all I got. And her opponent is Jessica Andrade. Now, if you go to her opponent list on the bottom, it sh- she should be like on. Oh, no, no, no. No, she won't be on there yet, actually, because she hasn't fought her yet. Jessica Andrade. And that's a A N D R A D. I have Jessica Andrade. Yeah, that's it. Andrade. That's how they pronounce it, or oh. that's how they do when I when I scouted it. I was like, what? I used to call it Andrade too, and then they were like Andrade. I was like, well, that makes more sense. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna call her Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> She's 29. Her nickname, I can't even say it. Do you want to try it? Bait. Esteca. All right. She's Brazilian. She's 5'1", 125 pounds, reaches 62. Her style is boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. She's fighting out of Brazil. She's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She has uh, 21 wins, 8 knockouts, and 8 losses. The way I'll describe this fight, right, Let's say like you had Steph Curry, right? Playing like in a in a uh, three point competition, right? So say Steph Curry had Steph Curry. Let's say like Steph Curry's right technique to shoot. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Steph and Curry. you guys know Steph Curry, right? <laughs> but, okay. My grandma's favorite. So this, I want to say I have to say Steph Curry again. But so Steph Curry, right? It shoots a three, right? He makes he takes his time precision he's aiming it's gonna go in right that's how he would shoot a ball to go in right he would take his time he would set get his form aim shoot swish right that's what technique he would do right and then say if you got a guy and he and he would say okay you're not gonna you don't have one ball you got 10 right and he sucks at shooting and he's like well screw it i'm not gonna take my time i'm just gonna throw him and 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 hopefully one goes in, right? This is the two techniques, I think, of these two fighters. Shevchenko is going to use skill and precision and timing to place her shot. Andrade is not. She has 10 basketballs. She's going to shoot them. She's going to hope one goes in. Shevchenko has one ball. She's going to shoot it. She's going to have confidence it goes in because she trains it and technique and all those things. Andrade does not have the skill level to create an opening. What she has is a heart. And the mentality and the willpower to force an opening, right? She's going to throw a come forward. She's going to take a big shot. She's going to give a big shot. And she's going to hope that that's enough to affect uh, Shevchenko on the chin, on the uh, temple, to the body. Because she'll take whatever the hell she can get. And the, the, the one thing, it's like sometimes you got to be careful when you scout these fights, right? You scout the last fight. 
And Shevchenko was against the fence a lot. Like, she was. She gave up positioning a lot. And Andrade loves to put people against the fence. She loves to put that pressure on you. She'll take you down. She'll do whatever it is that where she's putting pressure on you. She, Her mentality, your mentality as a person adapts, bleeds into your fighting style. And Andrade is probably a, a very uh, aggressive person in everything she does, right? She probably grew up aggressive. She probably, everything she does. And in fighting, she's super aggressive. When Shevchenko is like a knife, a precision knife, she is cutting precision. Everything is precision. Same size. She cuts it. It's the same size. Everything. There couldn't be two different mentalities when it comes to fighting. But the violence and the knockouts and the power that's going to come from this will be similar. I cannot see Andrade being able to beat Shevchenko. But when you look at these fights and look at the last fight and you see something that Shevchenko was against the fence and someone held her there, it makes you think like, oh, well, maybe she could do that. But maybe that was out of the norm. And maybe he's got to look back at the other fights that Shevchenko does. And maybe Shevchenko didn't take that opponent too seriously or didn't expect her to do that. I think Shevchenko is going to be ready for this fight. Andrade is coming from a lower weight. Going to go up this weight. That means she's going to lose some power. I mean, she's going to lose some strength. And she's going to get up against one of the best fighters in the world. Not one of the best female fighters. One of the best fighters in the world. And I'm going to say that Shevchenko is going to be able to put on a performance of someone that is willing to trade that is going to probably be one of the highlights of the night. Shevchenko, I expect to win this fight. I expect to do it in a pretty dominant and impressive fashion. But let's see. Sometimes, right? Steph Curry gets one shot. The other guy has 10. He, he's up, but he's not looking. He's just throwing it. Sometimes those go in. And if you're doing it with the aggression and willpower that Andrade has, that can happen. So that's what makes that fight interesting, right? Kind of running out of opponents. This is a creative attempt to make an opponent. Let's see how it plays out. The next one, and we don't do stats on this one because I'm just going to be real quick on this one because I don't think it's... I'm not sure it's going to be a good fight. This is going to be boxing. The one boxing fight we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Emmanuel Navarrete versus Christopher Diaz. Now, Emmanuel Navarrete, right? I don't think people know what to make of him. But I will tell you this. He's one of the best off-balance punchers I have ever seen. Um, maybe maybe since Pr- uh, Prince Nassim Ahmed. And and that's a really bold claim to say because Prince Nassim Ahmed was the best, one of the best off-balance punchers of all time. And maybe you would consider, you know, Roy Jones an off-balance puncher. I don't really, I don't think he was an off-balance puncher. But Amanda Navarrete is one of the best off-balance punchers I've ever seen. He can punch you when he's on one foot falling backwards and he will put you to sleep. Now, Christopher Diaz has, if you go to a gym and you see Christopher Diaz, you would think, well, is this guy the next big thing? Right. The only thing about Christopher Diaz is he has the maybe the um he has the 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 makeup of a champ, the look of a champ, the fighting style of a champ, right? Of a of a great fighter. He doesn't have the abilities of a champ. So when Christopher Diaz fought Shakur Stevenson, Shakur Stevenson basically does what Christopher Diaz does. But Shakur Stevenson is just ten times the abilities that Christopher Diaz does. He's faster. He hits harder. He's got better, faster legs. Uh, his reaction time is better. All these things. Christopher Diaz doesn't have anything that allows him to excel and apply his skill on someone. Also, Christopher Diaz has a problem setting up offense. Everything he sets up is for a counter. 
The problem with Manu Nabaret is he doesn't give a damn what you're trying to set up. Really, he doesn't. He does not care. And he, Manu Nabaret, and one thing I think you should pay attention to this fight, is the range. The differentiation, of, the differentiation of range that he offers. This is one thing that's not appreciated enough in boxing. It's probably not talked about. Manu Nabaret will be slightly in, slightly out. He will, he will hit you while he's in, move slightly out, and then move wide out a foot. And still be able to hit you in every three spot he's at. That makes it your job as a defensively almost impossible. It's you trying to guess on when he's going to stop and when you're allowed when you're going to be allowed to hit him and where he's going to be at after that punch. Man Navarrete is brilliant at that. Now the thing that worries me about Man Navarrete is he gets on balance. Now he's very good at punching off balance, but he's off balance. And I think a really good guy that could keep that could see that it's easy to push you off balance. He'll just keep you off balance the whole fight. I think this could be an interesting fight because Christopher Diaz wants what Christopher Christopher Diaz wants you to do, Amanda Navarrete will give you. But Amanda Navarrete does not care what you want him to do because he's so confident that as soon as he touches you, you're going to sleep. Now, we may not be able to know how good Amanda Navarrete is until he fights someone who we know is good, right? I don't think we know Christopher Diaz is good. But we know what he is, and he has Shakur Stevenson as opponent, and he had uh, Ito as an opponent, and no one has stopped him yet. So if Manu Navarrete goes in there and stops him, and stops him early, well, then that sets the tone to say, hey, this guy's for real. And I think that Manu Navarrete will know how real he is as soon as he fights a real, legit, good guy at that weight class. This is an interesting fight. Um, I don't think as far as, like, Promotion goes, is it the most creative matchup or does it create the most high for Manu Navarrete? No. But I think it's an interesting fight. And I think if someone turns in, they're going to get uh, the money's worth for this fight. What is this one going to be on? This one will be on ESPN. This is a boxing card top rank. Oh, okay. And uh, Manu Navarrete is from Mexico. So he will he should be able to gain that audience with him. Um, and I believe Christopher Diaz is Puerto Rican. So you got that Mexican-Puerto Rican war going which is infamous in boxing. Um, I do pick Emmanuel Navarrete to win this fight. I expect him to stalk Christopher Diaz and set him and uh, you know put some apply pressure and land a big shot. Now Christopher Diaz does want to counter in this fight, and the, if the counter to my counter of a prediction would be Christopher Diaz is just going to be able to counter uh, Navarrete all day, and he could keep him off balance. And if that happens for a few rounds, it might be something to watch as upset alert. But I expect Navarrete once he lands clean. This power is for real. Okay, where are we going to? What's my favorite segment? Um, fake money, real bets. Fake money, real bets. Why is that my I, favorite I'm segment? I'm so tired. No, it's all right. It's all right. You work uh, just for anyone that doesn't know, right? Jade is a hero. <laughs> right. Am I, though? You truly are. <laughs> she makes me a dinner every day. And it's truly... Oh, we're talking about the nurse. <laughs> we're talking about the nursing part. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're so dumb. I like it. Sometimes it's for me. Sometimes those jokes are for me. I feel like maybe the people don't even laugh at home. But... You can't even call them dad jokes. They're like grandpa jokes. Mm, true, true. Uncle jokes. <laughs> it's a lot of knowledge in them. Um, so we got okay. fake money, real bets. And why is it my favorite segment this week? Because I'm up. I'm not up on like my full thing because I started at a million. But I'm up from last week. And I'm up big. I'm 749K. Ooh. 
That's what I'm talking about. And I'm going for it again this week. Kill him. Ooh, so kill. Ooh, kill. what I was doing wrong before, right, is I was diversifying my bets. And what that would end up, I would just end up start breaking even, right? Or it would just more chances to lose. When you really got to take the things you're for sure at. So I'm learning, I'm getting better at betting, I feel like. So this week, right, when you get a little bit of bankroll, and I know you, you, I know you people are thinking like, why well, not 600000 a bet? Right. Well, just apply to what you got, right? So if you have sixty bucks, win thirteen bucks. You know what I'm saying? If you have, if you have six thousand, you know, if you have six bucks, win a dollar. Apply to what you have, but it's still money, right? I'm still winning you. I'm still trying to win you money. So Valentina over Andrade. I think that this is Andrade. I feel like this is a. Uh, I feel like I can't see Andr- Valentina losing this fight. I really can't. They have her a minus four forty. I'm going to bet 600K on that. 600K to win 136K. I'm putting a lot of risk out there, right, for that fight. But I feel like the more risk you have to put, the more sure thing it is. So I'm going to put 600K to win 136K. Rose Namajunas. Now, she's the underdog in this fight. Remember I said, I think Rose is the most talented woman at that weight class. And I don't know if she would ever lost a belt if she wouldn't have got slammed on her head that one fight against Andrade. She is plus 160. I'm going to bet 100K on her to win 160K. Plus 160, if you could get Rose as an underdog to anyone, I, honestly, you got to take it. You really do. Um, and then I'm going to go for a parlay. I'm going to go for Valentina, Rose, Usman, Berlanga, who's on a 16 or 17 fight first-round KO streak, and Navarrete. That is Plus three fifty one. I'm gonna bet forty nine thousand on that, and that would win me one hundred and seventy two k. I feel good about this week's bets. If Valentina gets slept by Andrade, just know this will not be my favorite segment next week. I'll be hurting. I'll be gambling with five bucks of fake fantasy money. Hmm. It'll be a we new still low. We gotta figure out what we're gonna do if this whole segment dies. Like if you lose all the money, you could come up with it. You can set the tone of what I will have to do. <laughs> okay. And then I will post it on my Twitter or Instagram, whatever. And people will see that I back up my bets. Okay. And if I lose all my money, I will back this up. Okay. All right. We got anything else out of this week? Mm, I think that's it. Did you feel like you talked more this week? No, but because I'm tired. But was I hogging the mic this week? You always hog the mic. <laughs> in a bad way? Let's be real. <laughs> no, not in a bad way. Just, you just like to hear yourself talk. I do. <laughs> and I think that people like say that in a negative way, right? No, I don't mean in a bad no, way. No, no, no. I know you don't. But I'm saying like when someone says it in there, like, oh, he likes to hear himself talk. And like, I really do. I'm like one of the few people who admit it. Like, I love the way I sound when I talk. Why? I don't know. It just feels good. It feels like you're controlling the room, like you're in control. It's like a... I always like think of like skating, like someone skateboarding, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can't like everything they do has to be like balanced, right? Like they go, they ride the board, they do a trick, and they still have to land it and keep going, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I feel like when you're talking, and if you stumble or something like that, it's like falling when you're skateboarding. Like well, anytime we're debating, you're like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then this is like you're you're the security guard that comes and tackles the skateboard. <laughs> Like, while he's trying to, like, do his tricks and stuff like that. No, that's you. One more thing. One more thing. Well, I already I'm, know. I already know what you're going to say. I already know. So you have no clue. These people have haven't seen us debate like that yet. Oh, well, they will. <laughs> so they don't get the reference. 
that's you in general. Okay, these people, these are people that are your friends. I've known you for a long time. They know how you talk. They know how you debate. I'm getting new people to listen to this. I have a new following. My one coworker. Once again, thank you for listening. <laughs> this has been the Mouthpiece Podcast. <laughs>